He has an answer for everything. So today we have started a new series, and the series title is Jesus Changes Everything. Amen? Let's say it together. Jesus changes everything. He has the power to change everything in my life, in my family, in my reality, in my situation, in my church. Jesus has the power. Uh, kids are dismissed for our Sunday school. Yeah, just go straight to the reception area. Uh, Trish and Kevin will be sharing today, right? There you go. <laughs> With the kids. Uh, last, last Sunday, Pastor Roy covered the last part of the events of the crucifixion. And today I will be sharing a message that is uh, centered in Jesus' resurrection. All right? Because it's, you know, we, we can be talking about Jesus' resurrection every Sunday if we want. It's not something that we are supposed to talk only on Easter Sunday, right? I mean, for me, it's a, it's a great story. It's a great passage. And uh, we will be reading Matthew 28, verses 1 to 10. Matthew 28, verses 1 to 10. It says, After the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. And suddenly Jesus met them, and he said, Greetings. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee there they will see me. Heavenly Father, we pray that you bless this message this morning. We pray that you speak to our hearts, that you speak to our minds, that you open our minds and hearts to your word. I pray, Lord, that you, uh, that you help us to take captive every thought that is coming to our minds right now to the obedience of Jesus Christ. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you come and fill this place with your love, your grace, your mercy, and your glory. I pray, Lord, that you bless us as we receive the word, and that your name will be, will be blessed through the word as well. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of today's message is, Come and See. Can you say with me, Come and See? Come and See. That's, what, that's what exactly what the angel told those two ladies on their way to the tomb. Come and See. I believe heaven is calling us to come and see the goodness of the Father. The Lord is calling us to come to Him and experience His love, His grace, His forgiveness, His hope. He wants to heal our hearts. He wants to heal our souls. He wants to heal our minds. He wants to heal our emotions. So He's inviting us. Come and see. Come and have an experience with me. He wants us to come to Him to, to have a relationship with us. Because He had made us to live this life for His glory and with a purpose. Do you know that? With a purpose. 
This week, the Holy Spirit put three words in my heart as I was praying for the sermon, as I was praying for the church. Those three words are essence, identity, and purpose. Essence, identity, and purpose. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you, to me, who you really are in Christ Jesus. It it doesn't matter what your past and present says to you. It doesn't matter what other people say. This is what heaven is saying about you. You know, in the bulletin, there's a list of things that I believe are really important for us to know. To know who we are. What's our identity in Christ Jesus? Who we are in the Lord. Because, of course, our past will try to come back and tell us, well, you're just a failure. Well, you're not good for anything. But this is what the Lord says about me. He says that I am loved. I am accepted. I am a child of God. He says that I'm Jesus' friend. I'm a, I'm, I am a joint heir with Jesus. I'm, I am united with God and one spirit with Him. And you can continue reading this at home. And we will put it in the website too. But I, I just want to share that with you at the beginning of the message. Because I believe that the events of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ are directly connected with who we are right now in Christ Jesus. Because he is risen, because he's alive, I can know for sure that I'm a child of God. I can know for sure that I'm a son of God, that he lives in me. You know, that's, that's our true identity. That's our essence. That's our purpose, to preach the gospel of the resurrection of Jesus Christ to everyone. That's our essence, identity, and purpose. Not only for the individual, not only for the Christian, but also for the church. That's our DNA, the Great Commission. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I heard, I, I received this email from Barna Group. I don't know if you know about Barna. It's a group that studies the church and what, what is going on with the church in North America. And it was, you know, for me, it was so sad to hear that only the 51% of the average North American Christian have heard about the Great Commission in his life. Only 51% have heard about the great commission of Jesus Christ. That's just sad. Have you heard about the great commission? Do you know that we have a purpose? And the purpose is to go there and make disciples. That's, our, that's the DNA of a church, of the church. That's our essence. So we, we are here to hear this gospel. In the Bible, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 14... Paul writes that if Jesus has not been raised from the grave, then our preaching on our faith becomes useless and void. But because Jesus of Nazareth rose from the dead at the third day, our faith in Him becomes the foundation of our new identity. You know, that's why the Bible talks about new creation. That we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Now that we know this, it is really important that we understand that God's voice is resounding wherever we go, calling us to come to Him, to connect with Him, to have a relationship with Him, and from there, experience who He is and what He wants to do in our lives. The same message that the woman received when they came to Jesus' tomb. Remember, we just read in the book of Matthew 28. You know, really early on that Sunday, it's the same message that the Father is sending to us through His Word. And you know what's the voice of the Spirit this morning? It's come and see. Come and see me. Come and see this risen Lord. Come and see this uh, great Father. This loving Father. Now even though the word come is a really common word in, in our English language. 
in the Bible, the word, is, the word come is one of the most powerful, loving, explosive, wonderful words that God can use to talk to us. The same God who created heaven and earth, the same God who created the, the universe, the same God who bring everything into existence is calling me and he's saying, come. He's calling you and he's saying, come, come, come to me just as you are broken, a failure to the world, a sinner. Come as you are and be loved. Be forgiven. Be redeemed. The word come occurs 1,528 times in the ESB Bible. Such an important word. Come. This word is so beautiful. Particularly when, you know, it's spoken to sinful men like you and me. And we listen to those words in Jesus' lips every time. Come. In the beginning of times, we read in the book of Genesis that after Adam and Eve sinned, God used another word to refer to them. His word back then was, go, leave. Something happened. Their relationship was broken. Sin entered to the world. Before Christ's work on the cross, God's word to us, like it was when he expelled Adam and Eve from the Garden of, Eve, Eve, uh, of Eden, was go. Because of our sin, God has driven us from his presence. That's, all that was before Jesus came to this earth. God is holy. Do you know that? He's holy, holy, holy. And because of our sin, we can't have a relationship with him. That's why he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this world. To get rid of that obstacle. To get rid of that that was in, in the middle between us and him. So we now can come to Him and have a personal connection, relationship with Him every day. That's what Jesus did on the cross. But before that, when God wanted to talk to humanity, He had to say, go, leave. We can't be together. There's something in the middle. And don't worry, I'm working on it. That's why he decided to send his son Jesus to die on that cross and to be risen from the dead at the third day to get rid of that obstacle in the middle, sin. He paid the price for our sins. Now after Jesus, you know what, what God is saying to humanity? He's not saying anymore, get out of here, leave, go, I don't want you. No, he's not saying that. He's saying, come. That is grace. That is amazing, beautiful, extravagant grace. This holy God calling me to come to Him. Come. Come is, it is such a simple word. We use it every day, but it's, uh, it is such a wonderful word as when it, it was used in the context of the good news of Jesus' resurrection from the dead. Like Adam and Eve, you and me, we all... We all we are like sheep. Have, the Bible says that we have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. All because of our sin against our creator and redeemer. We deserve to be driven from his presence. But God has laid on Jesus the sin of us all. He did so because of his love for his own. Now he reaches out to all of us with the gospel invitation. And the gospel invitation, you know, can be synthesized in just one word. Come. Come. 
So today we are reading Matthew 28, and I, I, I decided to divide today's message. It's a simple message, really simple, in just two parts. The first part has this title, Jesus Calls Us to Come to Him. Jesus Calls Us to Come to Him. I believe that God, that Jesus, invites all people, all kind of people, not the people that you know, only look like you and act like you, all kind of people, to come to Him. Jesus was crucified. We just talked about that last Sunday. Died and was then buried in Joseph's tomb in Jerusalem. Three days later, the Bible says, on the day after Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, that is on Sunday morning, that's why we celebrate Jesus and we get together to praise God on Sundays, because it's the day our Lord was, uh, came back from the dead, was risen. That same day, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. That's what we read in Matthew 21. In accordance with the burial custom of the day, they were going there to anoint the body of Jesus with spices. And it's very important to remember that the woman, this woman, were not going to the tomb of Jesus expecting a resurrection. They were not going there with, you know, high hopes. All right, the Lord will, will meet us here. No. They were going to the tomb... To anoint a dead body. You know, that represents religion. Lots of people are going to temples around the world just to anoint a dead body. Jesus didn't come to this world to create a religion. He came to this world to open a way for us to have a relationship with the Father again. So, why have you come today? Are you looking for a dead body? You will not find it here. You will not find it here. Are you looking for religion? You will not find it here. I don't want to have anything to do with religion. Anything. Nothing. I don't, I don't care about religion. I'm here to have a deeper connection and relationship with the Lord. Not only now, but every week. Every day. And I'm here just to share this with you. And invite you to experience the same. To come and see how good our Lord is. Jesus calls us to come to Him. This woman, they were going to the tomb to find a dead body so that they could anoint His body with spices. And when they got to the tomb, they were astonished to find an angel who said to the woman, and I'm reading verses 5 and 6 of Matthew 28. It says, Do not be afraid. These are the words of the angel to, to those two women. Do not be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus. Number one, do not be afraid. Have faith. He's risen. Number two, you are looking for Jesus. When, when you come to church, are you looking for Jesus as well? Or what are you looking for? Jesus is here. Every day, when you wake up, are you looking for Jesus? It says, who was crucified. He's not here. That's not the good news of the gospel. He's not here. He's not dead. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. He was Jesus' gracious invitation to the woman through the angel. Come see the place where he lay. The angel wanted the woman to come forward and see that Jesus was no longer there. Because he has risen. Now, now my question is, why do I need to see the tomb of Jesus? Why do you need to see the tomb of Jesus? Why this invitation to come? Come, come. I'm going to show you. He spent three days here, his body, 
but now it's not here anymore. Why do I need to see the tomb of Jesus? I wrote a couple of reasons. The first one, we come to the tomb to see the humility of Jesus. To see the humility of Jesus Christ. Death, you see, was not a natural thing for Jesus. Jesus had never ever sinned or done anything deserving of death. But because he humbled himself, just like Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 2, he came to this world, he made himself a servant, and he died on that cross for us. Because of his humility. Number two, we come to the tomb to see the horror of sin that placed him there. We come to the tomb of Jesus to see the horror of sin. As I mentioned, Jesus had never ever seen or done anything. One thing, the serving of death. He was completely sinless. Now the reason Jesus died on that cross, we, we can read the Bible and, and we can know that the reason why Jesus was put to death on that cross it was because of us. It was because of our transgressions and sins. Isaiah 53 verse 5 says, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds are we healed. Look at the benefits of the cross. Peace, healing, salvation. That's why Jesus had to go to the cross. Because of love. Because he loves you and he loves me. But it was my sin that put him there. Your sin. That's why we need to come to the tomb. To see the consequences of our sins. Third, we come to the tomb to see where we also will lie unless Jesus returns before that happens. Every one of us here. I have great news for you. Every one of us here. One day we must. We will die. We must die. Do you know that? We must die. It's life. A time will come when we will be separated from our things, our homes, our friends, and our loved ones. When we come to a tomb, we learn of how short this life is. We learn that all of us must die and that we must prepare for the life that lies beyond this one, beyond this life. That's why we also need to come to a tomb. To stop for a moment and stop thinking about the bills that I need to pay tomorrow. And think about, okay, what will happen after I'm gone? Where, where I will go? Fourth, we come to the tomb to see that Jesus is no longer there. That's great news. He's no longer there. This is the most important reason. We come to the tomb not just to see the humility of Jesus, not, not just to see the horror of our sin, but we come to the tomb to see that Jesus is not here, for he has risen as he said. Amen. Amen, brother. Jesus' resurrection is God's stamp of approval that Jesus paid the penalty for sin. You know, it's the greatest evidence of all that Jesus is alive. Just like we were singing at the beginning of this service. He is alive. And finally, we come to the tomb to see that if we believe in Jesus, then we also shall, shall rise with Him. That's our hope. We shall rise with Him one day. But also to see the transformation that have already taken place in our lives. Now let me explain this to you through the Bible. Paul wrote a great book, the book of Romans. We have preached about the book of Romans last year. We went through the whole 16 chapters of Romans. In chapter 6, Paul connects the resurrection of Jesus with, the, with our baptism. With the experience of baptism. In Christ. 
Paul connects the events of the death and resurrection of the Lord as the foundation for the reality of the spiritual transformation that have taken place in our lives. In Romans 6, 4, he says, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may, may, may live a new life right now. That's transformation. The empty tomb of Jesus shows us that sin is no longer a master. Sin and death are no longer your masters. Failure is no longer your master. Fear is no longer your master. Jesus is your master. Jesus is your Lord. In verse 14 of Romans 6, Paul says, For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. Under grace. Well, this shows us that the salvation that Jesus brought to us is complete. It's complete. When we come to the empty tomb, we see that one day we too shall rise and be with Him. Amen? Is that your hope? We too. We will experience the resurrection just like Jesus. Now, also we see the importance of baptism. When, when we speak about the Great Commission and how half of the church, they have no clue about the Great Commission. That means that they have no clue about baptism. Because baptism is important. If you haven't been baptized, I encourage you, I exhort you in the name of Jesus to do it. To do it this year. Talk to Pastor Roy, talk to me, talk to anyone and say, I want to be baptized this year. And let's do it. I don't care if it's just one person. We will fill that pool there in the back. Because the Bible says that baptism is important. Go to the world, make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them all this truth of life, all this doctrine. So they can be effective witnesses to the world. Even more, Paul connects baptism with your experience in Christ Jesus. With the transformation that you are experiencing right now. And the second part that I want to share with you. Well, actually the Bible also told also talks about Jesus inviting us to come to him. Not only in the events of his resurrection, but during his life in Matthew 11, verse 28 and 29, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. When? When, when we are gone? No, right now. Rest. Rest in your soul. Peace. Remember Isaiah 53 says that he paid the price for our peace. Rest. Rest in our minds. Rest. Peace. Take my yoke upon you. You know what the yoke is? It's the gospel. Take the gospel upon you and learn from me, for I am. This is the first time, in the, the only time in the whole gospel that Jesus said this, be like me. You know, it's the first time and it's the only time that Jesus said, be like me. And he says, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. What's the path to, towards peace and rest? To take the gospel upon you. Learn from Jesus. Be a gentle person, humble person. And you will have rest. You will have peace. Seems pretty simple, right? It's quite a challenge. The second part of, that, of today's message is, Jesus sends us to call others to come to Him. The first part was, Jesus calls us to come to Him. The second part, Jesus sends us to call others to come to Him. And I know that a group of people are, are studying this every Sunday here at 9.30 in the course. And that's great. We need to learn how to make disciples. How to engage in a, in a 
intentional conversation with someone that doesn't know the Lord. How to share the gospel with that person. How to give this invitation. Come and see Jesus. In Matthew 28, verse 7, it says, Then go quickly, says the angel to, to those two women, and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Verse 9, it says, Suddenly Jesus met them, and he said, Greetings. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Other versions translate verse 9 as this, But while they were on their way, behold, Jesus met them. My friend, I see the love of Jesus in these verses. He can't wait to have a, a conversation with you. He can't wait to see you. He can't wait. It, it doesn't matter what, you know, what's your path in life right now. It doesn't matter what's your reality, your situation. Jesus is just, you know, he wants to show up and say, Hey, greetings, I'm here. I'm with you. You're not alone. He will find you. The fact that Jesus was risen was good news, and good news, you know, must be passed on, right? We see that on Facebook all the time. You know, someone had a baby, a lot of baby photos on Facebook. Someone is about to get married. Someone is about to get married here? Let me see, show heads. No, no one? Okay, we want to have a wedding. Come on, guys. Uh, this year, please. Um, you know, and they tell everybody, send the invitations, the evites, etc., why? Because the good news are meant to be passed on, right? Well, what about the gospel? Is the gospel good news to you? Do you think that the gospel is good news? It is. That's why it needs to be passed on to others. If you are a Christian here today, then we have a commission to tell others about Jesus. If you have heard and answered the invitation of Jesus to come to Him in faith and repentance, then it is now your responsibility and mine to take the same invitation to others. We see this in the beginning of the gospel when Jesus started looking for disciples. You know, some of the first disciples that Jesus had was the name of one of those first was Andrew. Andrew, after accepting the invitation from the Lord to follow, to follow him, the Bible says that he went, do you know the story? What he did? He went immediately to tell his brother Simon Peter, Everything about Jesus and to bring him to the Lord. Then the Bible says that on the next day, Jesus found another guy. His name was Philip, who in turn found Nathaniel. Sorry, Philip told Nathaniel, we have found him on whom, of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Now, now Nathaniel was skeptical. He said, remember in the gospel, the beginning of the gospel, he said, Nazareth? He's, he exclaimed, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And to this, Philip just said to him, you know what was the gospel invitation of Philip to his brother? He said, come and see. The same words that the angel used for those ladies. Come and see. Dr. James Boyce, he explained this passage in this way. I will read it to you. It says, where did, where did Philip learn to invite others to Jesus Christ in that fashion? He learned it where he had learned everything else from Jesus. Jesus had told John's two disciples, come and you will see. 
They had come and had invited others to come. Now Philip does the same. He has been called by Jesus. Now he calls others. After they had spent time with him, they were constrained to go out and call others to come also. How do we make disciples? We try to make it so hard, so complex, and it's so simple. It's just asking other people to come and see. Come and see Jesus. Come and experience Jesus the way I have experienced Jesus. The way I am experiencing Jesus right now, every day. Come and see. You want another example in the Bible? The woman at the well. You know, the woman from Samaria. The Bible says that as soon as this woman believed that Jesus was her Savior, she ran into the town and said to the people, Come, John, John 4, 29. Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? We see the same pattern. Come and see. Come and see. Come and see the Lord Jesus. As soon as the woman at the well in Samaria knew that Jesus had come to save her, she ran and invited all the people in the town to come to Jesus. You know, evangelism and discipleship is all about inviting others to come and see the Lord Jesus. But to do so, first, first we need to come and experience Jesus personally. Otherwise, you will be just inviting someone to have an experience that you are not having right now. And that will be pointless. Useless. First you come. First you come and drink from the well. That is Jesus. And then you go and invite others to come to the well. That's the way it works. So today I invite you to respond to this invitation. Today we learn the wonderful and spiritual meaning of the world come when it comes from Jesus' lips. Indeed come for me is the great word of the gospel. Come. If you have never responded to the great invitation to come to Jesus, today is a good day. Today is a good day to come to the Lord. I asked the, the guys to come to the, to the stage. They're going to be singing a song, and we're going to be closing the service with this song. The song is called Come As You Are. And if you have never responded to this invitation, because you have, you know, you have thought that Christianity was all about religion, you know, trying to appear to be a Christian somehow, it's not about that. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, it, and if you are here right now and you are broken inside, and, and you feel like your life has no purpose, you feel like life is too hard to live it by, by yourself, you need help. I have a helper here. I want to introduce you to the best helper that you will ever find. His name is the Holy Spirit. Just come and experience God in a fresh way. Come and see how good our Lord is. Come and experience the Lord. Come and experience the power of the resurrection. It was so important for Paul that even when, when he was about to die in the book of Philippians chapter, chapter 3 verse 10, he said, I want to feel the Lord. I want to know the power of the resurrection. That's my last wish. The power of the resurrection. The Lord has the power to change your situations. The Lord has the power to change the reality of your marriage, your children, to give to, give to you, you know, a purpose. To give you direction, guidance. We all need it. The Lord has the power to do all that and much more. Because He cares about you. So His invitation today is come and see. If, if this is the first time maybe for you, 
Or maybe you have heard the gospel before, but somehow, because sometimes we preachers, we make it too complicated and hard to grasp. It's this simple. Just stand up. Come and see. Come and see the Lord. Come and receive His love. Now, if you know the Lord Jesus and you are walking with Him and you are experiencing His love, His peace, His grace, His joy, His power every day, I have a second invitation for you. The invitation, the invitation that we have all received, the church, the DNA of the church, the Great Commission, the Lord is calling you. The Lord is sending you to the world to call others to come and see the risen Christ, the risen Lord. So I invite you to pray right now with me. If you want to stand up, we're going to sing together this song. Come as you are. We're going to have a time of worship. And if you would like to accept this invitation, I invite you to come to the front. To let Jesus be the Lord of your, your life. And see how good He is. Your life will never be the same. And if you feel like you have been walking away from God, from, from the Lord Jesus. You have been following other masters. These are, these are the good news of the gospel. There is no other master. The only master is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He is the only master. Sin will no longer be your master. Fear will no longer be your master. Failure will no longer be your master. Depression, anxiety will no longer be your master. Doubt will no longer be your master. Your only master, your only Lord is Jesus. So come. I invite you to stand up. Let's pray. Let's worship the Lord. Come on. We are here for Him, not for Not just to see some lights and great music. We're here to worship Jesus Christ. Worship Him. Open your mouth and worship Him. Praise. Bring praises before Him, before His throne. And if you would like to pray with me, you would like to pray with Pastor Roy and Pastor Marilyn and, and some other leaders, just come to the front. We will pray with you. We will pray together. We are here to help you. We are here to walk this life together in Christ and experience the risen Lord.